You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Merry Christmas. It's so good to see you. So good. Glad you're here. Glad you're there. And you're in our living room and we're in your living room. It's kind of cool. I love it, man. And so thank you for joining in. However you're joining in, uh, for our Christmas at the Creek services, and uh, glad you're here. And uh, I love Christmas. I love kind of getting out of the noise. I love our Christmas services because it's kind of like a break from the norm. We get away from the noise, and man, it just really kind of focuses in on the real reason for this season. And his name is Jesus. And uh, I just I love that our team put so much effort into what they do, and they're creative and man, powerful worship. And and um, it's just it's just it's just good to remind us, right? Because this has been a, the craziest year that probably any of us have ever experienced, and we need that time out. And I just love getting around. I love getting the family together. I love it. And uh, one of the things that, um, that I love, too, is unwrapping presents. I hate wrapping them, but I love unwrapping them. And, and it's just chaos. I just love that chaos. Now, different families have different traditions, I know. But, like, I grew up where, you know, Christmas morning, you come running into the room and, and it's just chaos. I mean, you, you're trying to, you, you take about three hours later to figure out whose stuff is actually what, because you're just opening up, man. It's just like a tornado of wrapping paper and ribbon and glitter and just craziness everywhere. And then you're just, it's just, and you don't know what anybody got right until later. Like, what did you get? Oh, that's cool. So it was chaos. And then when Heather and I got married, I, I, I stepped into some more tame things of life. And um, her family, it, it, they go around the circle. You know, where you go around and you open a gift and you, you show everyone the gift and then you go to the next person. Now, we could tear the paper. Some of y'all grew up and you couldn't tear the paper. I'm sorry. We got a freedom class that's starting next year. You need that. You're going to need some help there, but you got to tear that paper. And um, so it's just different. Every family does it different. But one thing that I love is watching people's faces when they open a gift. You know, even, listen to this, even if it's a bad gift, I like their face. I, I'm weird, okay? I, I know I'm weird. Don't judge me, but I will watch YouTube of people falling down just because I call it the fall face, you know? My daughter sent me a picture of my grandson, and he was in the bathtub, and it had the caption that said, by the way, he's okay. So I watched this video, and he stands up, and he's making a funny face, and then he just falls backwards. I watched that no less than 50 times because his face, he's like, you know, and, and I got a good ab workout because I'm laughing so hard at my, my grandson. One day he'll laugh at me, I'm sure, but I just, I, I love watching people's reactions to things. And when they open a gift that's incredible and they got that, you know, that surprise face or, or, or the face where they open it up and I write the dialogue for it. I've got a lot of inner monologue that, that goes on in my head. And so I will see situations, and I will start writing my own dialogue. Yeah, it's probably not right, but it's fun. And, and Heather, I do that with Heather, because we'll be at the airport, or we'll be at the mall, we'll be somewhere at a restaurant, and I start writing a, a dialogue to what's going on at that table. And uh, sometimes I get caught by other families at the restaurant, and, and uh, it was just, I started mouthing one night. Uh, we were at a restaurant, and there was a table behind us of uh, college kids, and, and they were just oogling over getting flowers. And she goes, he sent me flowers! And I just, in unison with her, I went, oh. and, and the table next to me, she saw it, and she nearly spit her drink everywhere, but... Uh, but I just, I, so I'll write the story. Like you, you, they get a gift where they don't love and you know, that face, they're done that. And I'm like, and this is the point where they explode. You know, but we got to do that in our staff Christmas party this week because we do a white elephant exchange. And, and uh, I got, I, yeah, I learned which staff members I really need to spend more time praying for this year. And uh, it's awesome. But I love watching, and watching people receive gifts. And the Bible tells us that it's better to give than receive. And there's, there's truth in that. It's absolute truth. The Bible is truth. It is the word of God and it's true. And there's a blessing when we give. And this year, greater than any other year, uh, I have seen the church, not just the creek, but the church, the people of God, the community of faith. I've seen the generosity like never before. 
I mean, even, even you with the, with the creek, we've, we've given out thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of food and thousands of dollars back into our community. And this Christmas, you knocked the socks off of schools and, and we're helping families with hope and, 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 and just the stories over the last week and a half of, of, of things, of dots that have connected. I was talking to one family and they, 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 helped, they helped change somebody's life just by saying, here, we know we're too late to, to adopt a kid for Christmas but here's a stack of gift cards and and just the way God is moving in that creativity. And yes, it's more blessed to give than receive. There's There's just a truth to that. However, we as Christians, we as people need to also understand there's a blessing in receiving. We can't say it's more blessed to give and and it's cursed to receive. That's not truth. It's more blessed to give than to receive, but there's a blessing in receiving. And, and, and I have a hard time receiving sometimes. I have a hard time receiving a blessing. And just the other day, there was a family that, that blessed Heather and I. And, and, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. And, and one, one other guy said, look, he said, he said, I was talking to my mom this, this week. And, and he said, and, and she said, look, when, when God wants to put a blessing on you, you have to be able to receive that blessing. And that's hard for me sometimes, and I know that's hard for us sometimes, but, but we need to learn how to receive God's blessings. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a situation in the Christmas story that I want to share with you about Mary and Joseph where uh, life is moving along, right? They've got their plans, and, and all of a the sudden, there's, a, there's news that hits that changes everything. And I think every one of us this year can relate to that because we're, there's some words I just want to take out of our vocabulary, right? Like unprecedented. Can we not say unprecedented anymore? I'm so sick of that word, you know? I don't, Zoom, I'm tired of that word, you know? Um, online, I, you, know, you know, social media. We, but there's some words that we just, I just don't want to say. Unprecedented. Look, Mary and Joseph were living in a time when God spoke to them and God shared the plan of salvation that through you is going to be born Jesus, the Son of God, to save the world from sin. That was unprecedented, y'all. That was news that radically changed the course of history. You know, we're, we're living through a pandemic, and, and this year has radically changed things in our life, but we still need to be able to receive in them. And I wanna, I'll show you Mary's story first. Mary... Um, has a visit from Gabriel. This is Luke chapter one. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed, that's engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, the angel came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at, at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Um, I, she, she's, she's confused, right? You've got 400 years of silence. In the Old Testament, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's 400 years. God is silent. Before that, God was speaking through prophets. And he was speaking to the church, the nation, not to the church, but the nation of Israel at that time. And, and through priests and prophets, and now there's silence. Now angel Gabriel is coming to Mary. Not a priest, not a prophet, but he's coming to Mary, who's this, this girl that's just engaged to this man named Joseph. And the angel says, greetings, O favored one. God is showing you favor. And she's trying to figure out what does this mean? I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't believe, I, I, I'm having a hard time comprehending everything that's going on. Much like March, Right? Like, I, I, what? We're shutting, shutting, da- shutting down? What, what, what does this mean? And we're trying to figure it out, but yet God's got his favor on Mary. God has his favor on us. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Again, the news, just that's good news, right? But I'm just, how do I get my mind around that? I mean, Mary, she responds. She said, how, how would this be since I'm a virgin? Look, I've been through sixth grade. I know how all this works. 
So I, I don't get what you're saying, Gabriel. I, oh, oh, you, got, you must. Okay, and we try to put our human plans to God's, right? Oh, you must mean like after Joseph and I get married, then we're going to have a child, and you want me to name the baby Jesus. No, 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 no. No. The angel answered Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. See, you and I are born out of natural means, which means you and I are born into the brokenness of the world. We're born into the brokenness of sin. God is, is, is telling Mary through the angel Gabriel that, hey, this is a, it, this is a supernatural process that is going to happen because this is the Son of God. He will not be born into the same brokenness, but he will be born humble into that life so that he can redeem us. And this is my, I mean, think about trying to receive this and process this. This, this, this is stuff, it's like, I don't even know if I could make this up. And the angel goes on, behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So, so your relative, she, they couldn't have kids. They were, and, and you know what? She's pregnant now. She's in her sixth month. And the angel says something very profound, for nothing will be impossible with God. I mean, we, we like to come back on that statement, like the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what we've got to realize where that strength is coming from is coming from the one who has impossibles not even in his vocabulary. Unprecedented is not in his vocabulary. For nothing will be impossible with God. The creator and sustainer of all life, of the universe, of everything, who is fully in control. And that's honestly, from, I'll just kind of, Confess this. For me, that's, that's, that's not going to help me as much in a moment like that because I want to figure it out. So nothing's impossible with God. Good, I get that. But how does it work? But Mary responds with faith. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary goes from disbelief, doubt probably, lots of questions to saying, by faith, make it so. You said it, let it happen. I'll take it on faith. I don't understand it, but by faith I receive that. And then she's got to tell Joseph. Now Joseph has a Similar story. In Matthew chapter 1, let's look at Joseph here real quick. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, engaged to Joseph, before they came together, before they consummated the marriage, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. I get questions like, well, are they engaged or are they married? Let, let me help you understand some cultural context for, for first century Jews. The way, the way this process would work, see, see today it's like, you know, we, we, you know I, met, I met Heather and I fell in love with Heather. You know, I, I stalked her for four months and finally she agreed to go out with me. And then I asked her to marry me. I, I got down on one knee and gave her the ring, and, and she cried, and, and I cried, and she said yes. And, and then we planned a wedding, and then uh, we got married. And, well, in the first century for, for, for Israel, for a Jew, it was much different. So the way it would roll would be like this. Joseph sees Mary. He's like, ooh, I like her. Guys are still wired the same. I like Mary. Falls in love with Mary. He goes to Mary's dad's like, hmm, I would like to have your daughter's hand in marriage. And dad says, okay, okay. They work out all their details. Then there's a party. Because if you, if you, if you get nothing out of the Bible when you read, Israel loves to party. <laughs> so there's this giant party that happens. Joseph walks up to Mary with a cup of wine. And he'll say something similar to this. 
Mary, I offer you a cup of wine. That's covenant wine. And I want to enter in a sacred covenant with you as husband and wife. And Mary can decline or Mary can take the cup and drink of the cup, thus symbolizing a covenant that I am willing and saying yes to be your wife. Sounds like communion, doesn't it? It's exactly how Jesus is explaining it to his disciples in the upper room at the Last Supper. He says, I'm offering you a covenant wine in my blood, a new covenant in an eternal relationship where Jesus is the groom, the church is the bride. And, and so we can part, when, we, when we drink of that cup, we celebrate and we remember his death until he comes. Now, what do we mean by he comes? So Mary says, yes, party goes off the hook at that point, right? DJ rolls out, everybody going crazy. And then... Joseph, they finish the party. Joseph goes back home with his mom and dad. And, and so he's at his house and Mary's at her house. She lights a lamp and puts it in the window because she didn't have the shiny ring that, that, you know, ladies walk around like, oh, did it, something happen? No, no, nothing happened. But she puts a lamp in her window. Joseph's back at mom and dad's and he starts adding a wing on the house because that's where they're going to go when they get married. And so he's, he's building. He's in a construction project. He's thinking about getting married. Mary's over here writing her new last name, you know, and, and planning the wedding. And, and all of a sudden, Joseph's dad walks in and he says, okay, you've built the wing. It's done. Construction's complete. Son, go get your bride. So then Joseph leads a procession to go get his bride, which is like Jesus talking like, if I go prepare a place for you, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. There's going to be a day where the father says to Jesus, son, go get your bride. He's going to come and he's going to get the church. And then that's when the marriage is then consummated, the consummation of all things. And then we live happily ever after, really happily ever after in the kingdom of heaven. Now, all that's going on. And Joseph's over here building the room and he hears Mary's pregnant. And Joseph being a just man, so, so justice, he had every right to have Mary put to death because what that means is she drank that cup of covenant with me. She said yes. In that moment in Jewish culture, we're considered husband and wife, but we have not gone through all, I gotta finish the house. And then we have the ceremony and then we have the consummation. So, so that, it, it doesn't work. And so that means she's been unfaithful to me. Now, you got to realize, so guys are wired the same. See girl, fall in love, and then when we find out if there's any hint of unfaithfulness or any, any doubt, it, it starts wrestling up a lot of feelings inside of a guy, and it's hard for us to process this. It's hard for us to work this out, and all of a sudden, Joseph says, you know what? I don't want to put her to shame. I still love her, but I'm going to divorce her quietly. I'm going to walk away from all this telling me this is the Holy Spirit's work and that God's doing What? And yet, Joseph, in a dream, God comes to him. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Again, overwhelming news, right? A plot twist, as he's, he's, he's planning to divorce her quietly, God speaks in to Joseph's life and said, this, this is my plan. And then Joseph responds, verse 24, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until they were officially married. So you have... News coming in of a radical change. Doubt, disbelief, but feelings of betrayal, all these, all, all these emotions to wrestle with. And yet, they got to the point of Mary by faith, and Joseph walked in obedience. And, and you can't walk in obedience unless there's faith. I'm just, it just doesn't work that way. And they realized this, that the greatest gift that the world will ever get is, is coming through them. That God is trusting them. And the gift is Jesus. And the promise of Jesus is salvation. He will save people from their sin. And, and it, took the, it was a process for them to receive it. And I think we go through a similar process too when, when God offers us this great gift. 
that when God shows us the reality of his salvation and what he's done, and, and, a, and a part of, sometimes we just don't believe it, and we got to understand that the gift is for me. I mean, I, it's amazing how, how people will receive this gift. It gets handed to them, and, and there's this huge doubt that, that this can't be for me. This can't be mine. There's no way. You wouldn't do this for me. And, and we've got to move past that doubt to understand that, yes, God is giving this to me. Yes, this gift is for me. I mean, we, we get into feelings of, of unworthiness, shame, guilt, and all of those things hinder us from, from, from re- getting our mind around God is pouring out his favor on me. And he's extending it. Because a lot of us think it's, it's too good to be true. It's got to be too good to be true. God wouldn't do this for me. God, God wouldn't love me. And, and maybe we've heard other voices and other identities that... Uh, uh, that that kind of wrap us up. And, and, and can I say something about all of that? Listen to this. Listen, listen to me very carefully. Jesus determined your worth before you did. Before you ever drew a breath, Jesus had reconciled to pay for your sin on the cross that he was born through this amazingly supernatural means, that he lived a perfect life that we can't live. He gave his life on a cross on Calvary. And on the third day, he walked victoriously out of that tomb in resurrection power. And he determined your worth before you even drew your first breath. Yes, the gift is for you. And it's being extended. And what you have to do is receive it. Accept the gift. It's not just going, oh, 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 okay, I understand that gift is for me, but I'm going to leave it under the tree. No, you got to accept it. You, you take ownership of it. I think to help me illustrate that, I'm going to ask Pastor Tammy to come out and help me illustrate the, the acceptance of the gift. And, and, and Adam's going to bring out something that, that's probably going to get some kids a little rock and rolling. But um, <laughs> Tammy, why don't you help us with this idea of, hey, this gift is for you. Accept it. And, well, I, I brought the bike because um, some of us can relate to that favorite Christmas present that we wanted and asked for and wished for and wrote letters for years ago. And maybe it was a bike or maybe it was a Red Rider BB gun. Um, (laughs) Shoot your eye out. Yeah. For me, it was a book. But um, a gift, giving gifts, it's a a two-part. It takes two people, right? Um, We wouldn't come down on Christmas morning and see that gift that we've asked for and wanted under the tree and then just not accept it, just leave it. We would, we would run to it, we would embrace it, we would grab it. And, as, and so this bike, as somebody here, there's a kid here that's going to get this bike today and hopefully they will receive it and, and accept it, right? And yeah, so, I'd like to see a kid not accept it. Right. <laughs> then I'm going to be looking for Jesus to come back. Then, yeah. But the, and then my object lesson wouldn't work either. So, <laughs> no. but um, you got me off track. Sorry. Sorry. No. <laughs> so, so, so the, the whole point is we have to accept it. We have an oblig- We have a part in this. Mary had a part in this. Joseph had a part in this. They had to choose to accept what God was doing. And so, I hope that you understand that. He's not asking, there's nothing we can do to, to earn this. The, the, the kid that comes up here didn't earn this bike, and they're not going to pay me for it that you know of. You don't even have to right? pay the taxes on it. Yeah, you don't, no taxes, nothing. But, but, and all you have to do is accept it. So, uh, draw, we, I'm going to draw a name? Yeah, right, yeah we should draw a name for me. Get out my blindfold. It's multitasking. <laughs> it's so gross to me for some reason. <laughs> Way down in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you just get one? I, yeah. I think I just got one. Okay. Hopefully it's my name. Caleb Contreras. Caleb. Is Caleb online? No, I saw Caleb earlier. He's not online. Oh, yeah. Caleb is here. What's oh. up, buddy? Oh, hey, bud. Hey, give him a hand. <laughs> so, Caleb, so, do you accept this bike? Do you, yeah. Are you sure you want it? 
Somebody stole your bike? Oh, no. Oh, wow. Hey, all right. Before I start crying, let me just carry your gift <laughs> off of the stage because this is yours. This is yours. Oh, my God. And, and you know what? If this is too small, we have more out there. You can pick which one you want. And that's what it's all about. He didn't hesitate to accept his gift, right? And, and that's what Here. Jesus wants us to do. Accept You're the good. gift, You're right? Good. Ride it down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, woo! <laughs> Caleb, if that one's too small, we have like more out by the Christmas tree, so you pick which one you want. Meet Tammy out there after the service. Yeah, tell me. So, so a gift like that's extended. And man, I'm gonna, I, Caleb, I'm going to preach off of that because somebody stole his bike. And you know what? The enemy has stolen a lot from you. He's stolen, your, he's stolen your past. He's stealing your present, and he's trying to steal your future. And it's time for you to accept that gift that God is saying out because what he's going to do is he's going to go, I, I, that past that you have that you're hanging on to, I'll reconcile it through my blood of the cross so you are clean in my Father's eyes. The present that you're in where you're feeling ashamed and guilty and unworthiness, my worth is poured out for you in my blood, and he speaks identity into us right now. He gives us hope in the present, and he seals our eternity for the future. So there's nothing that the enemy can steal from us that, the, the, that God cannot restore. I mean, Jesus said, I have come to give you life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy but I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. And here's the thing, y'all. You've got to take a hold of it. You've got to use that gift. You're not, you're not just going to get that bike. Caleb's not going to take that bike and set it in his garage or put it under a glass case and go, I won that one day at time at the creek. No, that's what old men do with cars, right? Classic cars. No, you're going to use that gift. You're going to get out. You're going to ride it. You're going to show the neighbors, I got a new bike. Hey, and you punk that stole my bike, you ain't getting this one from me. Come on. <laughs> Caleb, if anybody, you send them to me, okay? You, you tell them the family's here to take care of you. We got your back. <laughs> but you got to use that gift. And as we use it, listen, a byproduct of a great gift is we share it. We share it. That's, that's what Christmas is all about. That's God sharing with us the greatest gift that we'll ever receive. Yes, it's more blessed to give than receive, but think about from God's perspective. As he gave his only son and as he hung on a cross and God said, this is painful and this is hard and this is dark and God has to turn away as the wrath of God is being absorbed onto Jesus and yet God calls his son out of the tomb on the third day and he says that's the culmination of the best gift the world will ever receive and the joy that he gets in giving and when he gives you salvation, when he gives you hope, when he gives you forgiveness, when he gives you grace, when he gives you peace, when he gives you joy, when he gives you all of these things that the world cannot give us and that we can't manufacture or fake, that he produces something in us that is so real, the world sees that and says, I need that. I want that. How did you get that? And you go, let me share it with you. And they go, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Look, you can't understand it, but listen, you'd go like Mary you receive that on faith. And you just respond in a moment like this to, to Jesus who's extending the gift of salvation to you saying, would you please accept it? I've paid for it. Accept it. Walk in it. Live it. And you'll share it. You just look back with faith to Jesus and say, let it be unto me as you have said. Let it be mine. And we just tell Jesus, I accept you as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Redeemer and friend. And I'm asking you to do a work in me, change me, change my life forevermore. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your salvation. The greatest gift we will ever receive is you and you alone. Because through you and you alone, we receive salvation, reconciliation, grace, hope, love, mercy, eternity. God, we, th we thank you for that. And I'm asking right now for the courage of, of those hearing the, this message that, that this would be that moment that they accept that gift that the enemy's stolen far too much from them. And right now, they accept that gift 
and it transforms everything as they just say, Jesus, I, I don't understand, but I trust. And I'm asking you to change my life from this moment through all of eternity. I live for you and you alone and for your glory and your glory alone. It's in your amazing, wonderful, powerful name we pray this, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at